for the reading of God's word. For those of you that are joining us by way of radio and internet, we are not drunk as you suppose. <laughs> we are not crazy. Call us anything you want. Holy rollers. God's holy and the blessings are rolling. Amen. <laughs> but every now and then you just got to praise him. Tell him thank you. Amen. Emotional pitfalls is this series. This is the ninth of ten messages. Amen. Ninth of ten messages. All year long, we have been walking by faith, not by sight. And as we walk by faith, there are times in which the enemy sends pitfalls, roadblocks, obstacles. Amen. And oftentimes, they're in the form of emotional things that we are going through. Amen. This is the ninth emotion that we want to talk about. We're dealing with the emotion of distraction, avoiding distractions. Matthew's chapter 14, beginning at verse 28, concluding at verse 32, the New Living Translation. And the text reads, Then Peter called to Jesus and said to him, Lord, if it's really you, Tell me to come to you, walking on the water. I love this text. I love to preach from this text. Verse 29, yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat. The Message Bible said he jumped out of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves. He was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, Peter shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. And we ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Reach over and catch someone by the hand. All year, the theme has been walking by faith. This is the fourth series of this year of 2019. This 10-message series is entitled Emotional Pitfalls. Look at someone. Here's the subject for today's message. Encourage someone, squeeze those hands, and say, don't lose focus. Amen. Don't lose focus. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Don't lose focus. Listen, there are many commentaries, assessments, of this current society that we live in, perhaps one of the most fitting one is this, that we are a society of people who often struggle 
to maintain our focus. And this is particularly true when we experience hardships or we go through crisis. We as a people find it very difficult sometimes to remain steadfast on what God has asked us to do or called us to do. So many distractions. Look at somebody and say, so many distractions are out there. They come in different shapes, forms, sizes. They come, some come looking good, smelling good. Mm. Shake your head and say, "Uh uh-huh. Others come in can't miss opportunities. (laughs) Anything to get you off track, to get you off focus on what God really wants you to do. Everything shining is not good for you. Everything that folk tell you can bless you will not, in fact, be a blessing to you. And as people of faith, those of us who walk by faith, we have to be very careful. Because that's why often in the Bible it talks about steadfastness. Because the enemy knows that the enemy has no power to make you do anything. and He has the ability to convince you to do it to yourself. To convince you to, to lose track of where you are. To forget about what God has said about you. And to lose focus. Now for the purpose of our message today. We are defining focus as the ability to concentrate on what God says is really important. Note, we're not just concentrating on what others say or what you may feel or think, but what God says is really important for your life. Focus for the purpose of this message is also defined as to pay greater attention to what God has placed ahead of us than what is going on around us. Because the enemy's goal is to have us pay more attention on the stuff that's surrounding us than the promise that is in front of us. Focus is important. I don't care how talented you are, how anointed you are, how gifted you are. I will tell you this, that most talented, anointed, and gifted people who do not succeed, it is usually because they're not disciplined enough to maintain focus. Every deal is not a good deal. Every opportunity is not for you. Every crisis is not meant to destroy you. Listen, Bill Gates, the iconic business leader who started Microsoft as a college student in his dorm room, says this. It's a wonderful quote, Brother Madison, that I think is particularly relevant to young people such as yourself and others that are here today. So many young millennials and others are here today. 
Bill Gates says this, and I love this quote. He says, only through focus can you do world-class things no matter how capable you are. In other words, you may be capable and gifted and anointed, but if you're not focused, you won't get it done. There are more anointed people who could have produced a hit song but didn't have the focus to do so. There are gifted people who could have succeeded in business but they did not have the focus to stay there and to get it done. There are success stories sitting among us today. It could be somewhere, but they didn't have the focus to do it. There are gifted, anointed people who dropped out of school because they didn't put aside the distractions and focus on what God has called them. I'm not saying school is for everybody, higher education. But I'm saying to some of you, you know what God has called you to do. There is another powerful quote from an unknown author that I want to share with you that has blessed me throughout the years of my life. And it says this, and I quote, if you want to succeed in life, focus on the outcome you desire and not the obstacles you will encounter. In other words, every journey have obstacles. Amen. Every journey have ups, has up and have ups and downs and pit holes and potholes and haters and people that are talking bad against you. You know, the truth is we all will experience these kind of situations truth is we all have had haters and doubters and just plain old downright backstabbers in our life. You, you are no different than anybody else. You are not the first one that's been wounded in the house of a friend. <laughs> David said that was me. But, but, but the truth is how much of our time are we going to spend obsessing about what folk are trying to do to us. How much of our time will we spend focusing on the obstacles and not the promise? I'm talking to someone right now. If you wake up in the morning mad at somebody, if you go through most of your day trying to figure out why somebody doesn't like you, what you've done, how, how you can get them back, you have already been distracted. And contrary to your anointing or your gift, you will never get there because time is limited. You only have a certain amount of time. I wish I can roll back the hands of the clock. Deacon Carlos, my friend, man, I wish. Sometimes I look at my son and other young folk, and I say, Lord, I just wish I was 30-something. Oh, it's all over again. I, I say, I'm so much wiser now than what I was when I was 30. If, 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 if I knew then what I know now, that everybody smiled in your face, not your friends. And everybody that says, man, I'm going to help you climb the ladder are the same ones that's cutting it. Whew. 
And here's the one that gets you because here's what I had to figure out about the enemy. Sometimes the enemy, Brother Chris, will bring us things wrapped up in bowls looking like presents. How many times have you had people say to you, man, you can do this. You ought to do this. You ought to do that. I am so glad that there have been people in my own personal life that had the fortitude to tell me, don't listen to that. Every, everything that's higher is not good for you. And everything that you think is greater is not always greater. Some of the most successful people in the world are those who made a success out of what they were doing. I said this this morning at 8, and folk laughed, and I'll say it again because it's so true that I ran across somebody once, and they were like 55, 50 some years old, and they say, pray for me because I'm trying to figure out what I want to do in life. And I say, dude, you, you 50. I mean, you, Deacon Glover, I say, you, 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 you're 50 and you're still trying to figure out who you are or what you, maybe what you want to do in life is what you're doing and God says forget about trying to be like somebody else and you do as my late Uncle Joe said, you do you, I do me. Can I tell the story, Chip? I told her this morning. I, I learned this. And I, some of you may have heard me say, I, I've, I've learned this. I used to go visit my Uncle Joe every Saturday, and we would go by the house, and he would be all in his raggedy pajamas, and they were raggedy as putting it uh, complimentary, okay? And the house would be not so tidy, and that's putting it complimentary. And he would have a soup bowl and a cornflake bowl over here, and, and, and Cheerios over here, and we're sitting there at the house. It's one o'clock. Uncle Joe's sitting in his clothes. He eating another bowl of cereal. And one day I made the mistake. I said, "Come on, Unc. Come on, man. Can we just clean this up? And by the way, can we turn to some? I want to watch this documentary." He said, "Wait a minute. Hold on, son." <laughs> he said, "This is my house. I can sit around how I want and what I want, eat what I want." And then he made me really feel bad. He said, I'm almost 80 years old. I'm not trying to be anybody else. But you do you, and I'll do me. And I learned then that if I'm going to visit my uncle on Saturday, I got to like old Western movies because that TV is not going to change. What are you saying, Pastor Jackson? We've got to understand who we are and what God has called us. And we got to be comfortable in who we are, amen. Everybody can't be T.D. Jakes, Joel Osteen, ain't but one Michael Jordan. Not, not everybody is gonna be some phenomenal athlete. I mean, how many folks thought they were growing up to be the next Michael Jordan, the next LeBron, the next Kobe, and here they are right now still trying to figure out at 55 what I'm gonna be because their knees are too old to jump and they know they'll never go to the NFL. And guess what? They're 60, think they're going to be a rap artist, superstar. It ain't happening. You can sing in your shower. You can go mix whatever music you want. But if you're 62 years old and you hadn't made it in the rap business yet, it, it is all likelihood. Now, God can do anything. Don't you leave yet. And say, Pastor, say Deacon Clarence can't ever be a rap star. No, if, <laughs> if, God, if God wants you to do it, God can do it. But in all likelihood, it's called analytics. It ain't going to happen. 
excuse the English, but we've got to be focused on who we are and what God has called us to be because there's a promise in front of you. Ooh, I feel like preaching this. I wish I had time. Look at somebody say, there's a promise in front of you. There's a blessing staring you in the face. Uh, there is something that God's got for you with your name on it. It doesn't look like anybody else. It has nobody else's name on it but yours. God's got a blessing for you. All you've got to do is stay focused on who you are and what God has called you to do and watch God do something incredible in your life. Look at the text. One of my favorite miracles and all of the miracles of Jesus it involves Peter. Peter is a unique character who had ups and downs. He had great things and he had his flaws. But the text deals with being focused. Our text occurs at a unique time in the ministry of Jesus and in fact a unique time in the life of the disciples. Verse 22 says this, immediately after this. After what? After the feeding of the 5,000. After what was perhaps one of the greatest miracles ever. A little fish and loaves of bread fed multitudes. Now here's the key. As a result of the miracle, people were flocking to the disciples. As a result of the miracle, they became superstars. Everybody wanted their autograph. Everybody wanted to hang around the dudes who knew the man who can divide the fish and the loaves. Some of them were ready to start their own ministry. Some of them were ready to venture out and do their own enterprising things. But Jesus knew that, and that's why the text says, and he made them get in the boat and leave the environment. And then the text says, and then he sent the multitude home. Don't you let the crowds fool you. Don't you let adulation and praise and people, because they've experienced one good thing, fool you. The same folk that says Hosanna can say crucify him. Amen. So Jesus knew I got to save them from themselves. Jesus says, get in the boat go on the other side, you need to leave this multitude alone because guess what? They are about to make you think you are a superstar. Somebody caught it. You really aren't superstars because y'all can't even get along with each other without tearing each other up. But if you listen to this crowd, they will lift you up and make you think you're all of that. So get out of here. Jesus sends them away. And as he sends them away, Jesus, according to verse 23, goes up into the hillside by himself to pray. And something happens. Ooh, this is what Jesus allows them to know, that when you think you're all of that, something will come along and remind you just how fragile you are. Who can I preach to somebody? Every time, God is so good. Every time I thought I was all of that, God sent something, Deacon Stokes, and remind me, you really don't have it together. You think you, you got to know you've got issues that you still hadn't resolved. So Jesus allows things to come up to remind us that we are still human and we need the Lord on our side. 
May I preach this? Verse 24 of the text says that they were away from land. Listen to this. Every word in the text means something. In fact, Matthew Henry in his dissertation of the text says the words are chosen very carefully by the author, Matthew. He says that they were away from land, which means this. They were somewhere in between where they left and where they were destined to land. In other words, stuck in the middle. And there's a reason why. Because if they were too close to the land, they would have gone back. Woo. Preach Pastor Jackson. Ooh, I cannot preach this. Do I, have a, do I have enough time to deal with this? Sometimes God allows us to get further enough out there so there's no turning back. Sometimes God allows you to keep digging your hole just deep enough that you can't climb out by yourself. And some of you say, Lord, why did you let me get out here? God says, I needed you to get to a point where you know that if you're going to be saved, it takes superhuman intervention. Somewhere in the middle of the land and the destination, a storm arose. A crisis emerged. Uh, now note, this is important to note, because the last time they were on a boat in a storm in the midst of troubled water, Jesus was with them. This time, Jesus says, I'm not there. I, I know how you handled it the last time. The last time you woke me up and said, Careth thou not if we perish? This time I'm not there for you to wake me up. Sometimes we're in the midst of a situation and we don't know what to do. And here's what happened. The text tells us in such a powerful, emphatic way that for hours... They battled the waves and the wind and the storm, a ferocious storm. They battled so much so to the point that they thought the storm would take us out. Can I preach to anybody who thought your storm could take you out? In fact, others predicted that your storm would take you out, but you're still here. They battled the storm, they battled the wind, they battled the waves, and they did this, and something happened. Now, the text says, at 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus finally shows up to their rescue. So the question, from a homiletical standpoint, is what took you so long? We've been out here for a long time. Thank God for a backup. So here's the dilemma. All night long, they battled the storm. No Jesus. Whew. Three o'clock in the morning, Jesus shows up. After you've battled three o'clock in the morning, you're tired, you're frustrated, 
you feel like I, I don't have no energy to do anything. Oh, sometimes the Lord has to wait until we wear ourselves out. Sometimes the Lord's got to wait until you try all of your dumb ideas, all, all of your crazy interventions. Sometimes the Lord got to wait until you go through all of your mentors that you thought would save you, and nobody comes to your rescue. Nobody help you out. You're still broke, busted, and disgusted, and now you are out there by yourself. And Jesus shows up. Ooh. And he shows up in a unique way. His presence is there, but his face is not revealed. <laughs> he says, I want you to learn a lesson. I want to know if you can trust my word when you can't see my face. Ooh. Who am I preaching to? I, I, I just need. Ten people to wave your hands and say, I can trust his word even when I don't feel his presence. He shows up and he says to them, be of courage. The New Living Translation, verse 27 says, don't be afraid. Take courage. And then he utters these words, Mother Jackson, I am here. No face, but I hear his word. Woo. Faith comes by hearing by his word. My sheep know me, and a stranger they will not follow. So I don't want you to see my face. Because you've been so reliant on my presence that you forgot it's my word that can take you through this crisis. So Jesus says, I am here. That's all you need to know. I'm here. When you can't see him, he's there. When you can't feel him, he's there. When you're broke, he's there. When you're sick, when you're in trouble, he is there. And here's where the text gets interesting. This is why Jesus put Peter in charge of the church, Elder Cornwell. Not because he was the most righteous. Certainly it wasn't because he was the most educated. He had less education than any of the disciples. In fact, Peter was a fisherman. But Peter had something that Matthew the tax collector did not have. He had something that Luke the physician did not have. He had something that the sons of Zebedee did not have. The sons of Zebedee had a bloodline, but Peter had faith. So, only Peter, take note, 12 people in the boat, 12 of them heard his voice, 12 of them heard the same words, Woo. but only one said, Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, note what Peter said. Peter could have just as easily said, Lord, if it's really you, I need you to guide 
this boat to you. But that was nothing miraculous. But Peter, with his supernatural faith, said, Lord, I'm really putting you to the test. And if it's really you, I can't see your face, but I hear your voice. If it's really you, tell me to come to you. Note the last part of the sentence, walking on the water. In other words, let me do a hard thing. Look at your neighbor and say, sometimes you've got to ask the Lord to allow you to do a hard thing. Is there anybody want to do a hard thing? Everybody can do an easy thing. But Lord, if it's you, ask me to do a hard thing. Note the Lord's instructions. What I like about the text is that Jesus was pretty precise with his instructions. The text goes back in Matthew who had to write this text because being a tax collector means you're pretty precise with your words and your instructions. If you're not, people will get in trouble. And so Matthew records these words Jesus said. Jesus simply said, yes, come. Note he did not say, come Peter. In other words, the invitation was open to everybody on the boat. If I had time to preach this, I would tell you, you heard what I heard. You heard what Bishop heard. You heard the same word. The question is, will you do a hard thing? Jesus simply said, come. Open invitation to everybody on the boat. But what happened to the sons of Zebedee? who wanted Elder Jennifer to sit on the right and the left-hand side. What happened to Doubting Thomas? What about the money man, Judas? Why didn't he come? Perhaps if Jesus would have said, I'll give you $100 if you come, Judas would have tried. But how many of you are not motivated by money or fame or position. You just want to do what God has asked you to do. Grab somebody by the hand and say he's calling you. He is challenging you. He is challenging you to lead the boat. He's challenging you to do a hard thing. He's challenging you to do what nobody else around you got the fortitude or the courage to do. Come Here's what the text says. Peter left the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. I like the message Bible that says, and Peter jumped off the boat. That demonstrates the level of excitement. Can I, if you come, don't come. I guess I'm coming because he asked me to come. If you're going to go, go with some energy. If you're going to do what God says, do it with some pep in your step. 
some joy in your life. Somebody jump up one time and say, I'm coming. I guess y'all that didn't move ain't going nowhere, but that's all right. Just wave your hand and say, Lord, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming with excitement. I'm coming with energy. I'm, I am Peter jumped off the boat. And the Bible says that he began to do the impossible. He walked on the water. And Peter was doing good until he saw. The message Bible says, and when he saw the ways beneath his feet, he began to sink. Can I, can I just ask you something? The ways just didn't start when he got out of the boat. You got to go with me now. I don't want you to miss this. That's why I told the organist to hold it for a minute. I want you to hear this. The, the ways just didn't roar when he got out of the boat. But I need you to help me preach this and grab somebody by the hand and say, neighbor, they were always there. The ways had been there all night long. In fact, when you got out of the boat, you walked on troubled water. Ooh, may I preach this? The only thing that changed from the time you left the boat and began to sink was not the circumstances around you. People didn't like you when you started out. <laughs> Haters have been talking about you, Otis, ever since you left Georgia, Griffin, Georgia, to come play for USC. You got sense enough to know that they just didn't start not liking you. There's some folk that hated you ever since you started out because some folk are just haters and you've got to understand something that just because you're doing something great don't think they just started. It started from the beginning. But here's what's changed. Can I say this? Quiet, what changed was not the environment under Peter's feet, but the focus in his mind. Because the text says, when he saw the waves and the wind, he began to say, you can't see Jesus and the waves at the same time. Here's the challenge. It's the word. Somebody sent me this this morning. It's the word versus the ways. Can I preach this? Look at somebody. Grab them by the hand. Say, neighbor. It's the word versus the ways. Tell them it's the word versus the wind. Which one will get your attention? When Peter lost focus on he who made the promise, 
he began to sink. Why? Because he took his focus off where he was going and looked at where he was. Whew. Please don't miss this. When you lose focus of where you're going and you're now thinking more about where you are and what is going on around you, you too will begin to sink. Your life will fall apart. Things in your life will not go right. The promise hasn't changed. Circumstances haven't changed. The word is still the same. The only thing that changed was your focus. Can I preach to somebody? And when you lose focus, you miss the promise. And you begin to sink. But thanks be to God, Peter had enough sense to know who to call. <laughs> Can I say that again? When you begin to sink, you can't call another one of your fraternity brothers, sorority sisters, co-workers, family members, church members. You better know who to call. When you begin to sink, you better fall on your knees. Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. Anybody know how to call on the name of the Come on, somebody, anybody know how to call on the name of the Lord? Do me a favor, stand to your feet all over this place and begin to lift those hands and say, Lord, I need you, I need you, I need you. Lord, I need you, I need you. Lord, when I mess up, I need you. Lord, when things don't go the way they should go, I need you. Lord, I need something from you. I need a blessing from you. Listen! Don't worry about the wind and the waves. I leave you with this scripture in Philippians chapter 4 upstairs. Beginning with verse number 6, the New Living Translation. I leave you with this word that God said. And I want to put it on the board because I want us all to see it. And I want you to have it full screen on the board. Amen. Listen. Catch someone by the hand. Mother, this is familiar. <laughs> Ooh, look at somebody and say, don't you lose focus. Tell me, here's a word for you. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God woo, what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. Look at somebody say, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Paul then writes, and now... Squeeze those hands and say, now, my brothers and sisters, one final, ooh, look at the word, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Oh, good God almighty. Look at it, look at it, look at it, look at it. Come on and look at it. 
your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Woo! Drop down to verse 13. Drop down to verse 13. For I can. I'll wait until they catch up with me. Grab your neighbor, verse 13, same chapter. Look at what it says. For I can do help me preach can I preach may I preach for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength touch somebody say leave the boat get out of the boat come on everybody come on and take a One more step. Watch God. Watch God. Tell somebody you can do it. You can do it. Stay focused. Don't lose focus. Great is he that is with you than he that is against you. God's got a blessing with your name on it. You've got 30 seconds to give God your best prayer. Zion. Come on. I need 200 people to leave your seat. Run down the aisle. Look me in the face. Stand at this altar. And say, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Woo! Come on, come on. Come on. Don't lose focus. Tell somebody, don't you lose focus. God's got a blessing with your name on it. Woo! And listen, and when you get out of there on troubled water and things come to distract you, Perhaps you begin to sink and fall away. Here's the good news. Please look at somebody and say, he'll be right there to pull me through. Anybody know God will pull you through? Ooh, come on, Tommy. Anybody know God will pull you through? Listen to the words of the song that Brother Todd Delaney wrote. So fitting for this message on today. Through all I've been going through, Lord, it was you. <laughs> Woo, through all I've gone through, somebody lift those hands again and say, Lord, it was you. Tell the Lord, it was you, Lord. 
pulling me through. Mm. When I stumbled, when I cried, when it felt like I wanted to die, when my friends turned and they walked away, you were right here, right here to stay. Somebody lift those hands and say, it was you. Come on, point towards heaven and say, it was you, Lord, pulling me through. When I felt like I wanted to die. Ooh. When my friends turned away, it was you, Lord, pulling me through. Leave the boat. Step out on faith. And if you are distracted, and if by chance you lose focus, call on the name of the Lord. And God will be right there. Right there to pull you through. Come on, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have gone through. Ooh, it was. Lord, it was you. Ooh, I, I, through all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have gone through. Somebody lift those hands. Lord, it was you. It was you, it was you pulling me through. I don't know about you, but that's my testimony. Yeah. It was you, Lord, it was you. It was you pulling me through. Yeah, 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 yeah. Through all, through all I had. Somebody it lift those hands. Through it all, I have, I have gone through. Lord, it was you. It was you. Stumble, anybody ever stumbled? When I stumble, 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 when
Somebody say he'll never walk no, out on never. you. No, never. No, never. He'll never walk out on you. Never, never. Sing, no, never. No, never. Help me say he'll never. is talking to somebody this morning. Say, he'll never walk out on you. He'll never walk out on you. No, never. No, never. No, never. No, never. Say, he'll obstacles in our life. We all are being challenged to do something that is beyond ordinary. If you're going to walk on the water, you better remain focused. You're going to do what God has called you to do. You better remain focused. But let me tell you where it begins. It begins with your relationship with God. You've got to have such a relationship with God that you hear his voice when he instructs you to come. It begins with you knowing you're in a right position with God. Here we are, the third week of the last month of the year 2019. God has been good to you. Some of you, God has challenged you all year long to leave the boat, to take that step. And for whatever reason, you said, Lord, not now. I am not ready. You've got to leave when he says come, not when you are ready to come. Sometimes he, in fact, oftentimes he tells us to come while the waters are still troubled. Amen. But he'll be right there. And I don't know who God is speaking to this morning. Someone viewing by way of internet, listening by way of radio, someone in this building right now. But I sincerely believe from the depths of my heart that God's challenging someone in here to do something others would not do to take that step to walk out on troubled water 
and watch God change your life. Come on and tell them again before we breathe. someone by their hand look at someone and say don't lose focus your promise is right in front of you the best thing that will ever happen to you God says is standing right there in front of you do not become distracted by the wind or the rain or the things that are swirling around you. Ooh. Just know that God's got a plan for your life. Ah, Eternal Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for this series. Once again, for the ninth time in this series, we have been challenged not to allow obstacles, not to allow contrary things or even contrary people to stop us from doing what you've called us to do we have left the boat (laughs) and here we are walking on the water it doesn't matter about what is beneath our feet (laughs) what matters is the man who made us the promise our eyes are focused on you Lord thank you Lord thank you for challenging us to be greater faith walkers thank you for reminding us that despite what's going on around us the promise is still ours and we say thank you thank you for someone this day who said, here I am, Lord. I'm ready to take that next step and do what you've called me to do. It is in your name we pray and give thanks. And the church said amen. And the people of God said amen. Do me a favor, look at somebody and say, don't lose focus. If you're here this morning, you want to make that commitment, I'll wait right here on you. You want to do, you're ready to leave the boat. Here I am, Lord. Come on. If you're here, God's calling you right now. Yeah. Look at God. Anybody else? Somebody else, God? Amen. God's calling you. Somebody, God's calling you. It takes faith. It takes faith. Come on, wherever you are, wherever you are, you don't have to be perfect. Just walk by faith. 
overcome by faith that God's calling you. Lift those hands. Anybody else come in? No, never. No, never. I'm a witness. That he'll never. Look at you. Clap those hands and give God a hand of praise. I'm a witness. Give God a hand of praise for the soul. of pitfall. Don't lose focus as you stand upon your feet. Don't forget that on Tuesday night, Pastor will be sharing three wonderful points with us from this sermon as he continues the series Emotion of Pitfall come out on Tuesday night and immediately following the prayer if you could exit as quickly and quietly as possible uh, we are preparing for the homegoing services from Mother Simmons, and we need to make sure that we get the pulpit set up so that they can bring the body in for viewing. With uplifted hands, let's look to God. Father, we just thank you for we won't lose focus, God, and we know that you never walk out on us, and you're always pulling us through, and we thank you for that. God, we thank you for the word of God. God, we ask that you not only let us be hearers, but let us be doers of the word of God also. Now, God, dismiss us from this place, never from your presence. Let us find peace as we return to our destinations. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's children said amen. God bless you.